Welcome to In the News for July 9th, 2021. My name is Brett Burney, and I am from AppsInLaw.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Richardson from New Orleans. <laughs> good morning, Jeff. It is good to talk with you, of course, every week. And, you know, if there's one thing that I have come to learn about you is that you take very good notes. I do. <laughs> uh, I, I got you a little twist there because I use an app called Good Notes. I, exactly. I mean, that's, that's doing and I love it. You and I, you've actually been a, a, a guest on my podcast on, on AppsInLaw.com. And I remember it fondly because you talked a lot about how you use the iPad all the time and you use Good Notes for even just like having by your side, like having almost like a notebook because it's so easy to use. But in today's in the news blog post on iphonejd.com you did a great job of like explaining in sort of real life in your professional life as it were about how you have actually been using the notes not only to prepare for an appellate argument you did but also to use the ipad which i just thought was fascinating i love the real life stuff yeah yeah i i really like using the ipad to take handwritten notes and um, I know that a lot of people, when they sort of write out an outline to give a presentation, whether you're a lawyer or any other field, they use a computer. Right. And I can certainly type faster than I handwrite. So I totally understand the appeal of that. It takes me longer to get the first draft of an outline in handwriting on an iPad and an app like GoodNotes. But in the long run, I actually find it far, far better because once you have your initial right. outline, you're going to start moving things around. And when I say outline, that makes it sound too formal. I don't really have like you know yeah. numbers and sub things. It's just, right. I'm just sketching things out on the page. Sometimes I'll write something in the margin. Sometimes if I wanted to quote something like a statute for like a law th for like a legal argument, I will just you know find a copy of that statute online or download it from Westlaw and just take a, a screenshot of it and crop it in and then put that in my notes and highlight the part that I want to read out loud Ooh, and use different so nice. colors and then move things around because something that originally was on page one, now I want to put to page three. And then I have like a separate page of a, if I'm asked about this, right. I want to say this. And by the time you've done and you've moved things around so many different times, um, it's just great to have those dynamic notes. And usually when I'm done, I print them out on a color laser printer and I just have them in my hand. And, and I did that right. for an oral argument that I did last week. But I had another one yesterday that was in the Fifth Circuit. And I found the courtroom was just a little little darker. I mean, not, not too, too dark, but dark enough that it was nice to have the backlit yeah, screen of the iPad. Yeah. So I just I just held the iPad, you know, in portrait orientation. I had it at the podium and I picked it up a little bit. And it was nice to just be able to give the argument directly from the iPad, just swiping from page to page. But what was especially nice is that I had both because I didn't know going into any courtroom. Am I going to want to use the iPad? Am I going to want to use right. the paper? Am I going to have some last minute epiphany the morning of oral <laughs> argument? And I want to jot down some new notes. So now the iPad version is the, is the current version or vice versa. Did I, did I write right. something on the handwritten notes that that's the current version? So it's just nice to have both with you. Um, but I definitely encourage folks, if you need to prepare for something where you're going to be speaking, um, to use it. Another nice thing about handwritten notes is there's a tendency when you type, if you're like me, you, you, you end up just basically writing a speech as if you're going to read it yes. word from word from the document. Right. That's just the way that we right. think. Whereas with your, when you're handwriting, you're not going to write down word for word, what you're going to say, because it would take, right. I mean, I guess you could, but it takes a long time. So it sort of forces you to write down concepts instead of right. a transcript, which is better when you're giving a presentation because you don't want to look like, here I am reading my transcript right. of what I was going to say. Right. You know, you want to be dynamic and you want it to seem live and impromptu and you can glance at your notes 
for reminders of what to say next and to quote something specifically if you wanted to you know quote something that someone else said what a witness said at trial but then right. otherwise you're it, you're just speaking more extemporaneously so it works great it's almost like some people say, like, if you're just going to read what you typed, then might as well just hand the judge or you know Amen. somebody in your audience what you what you typed out. Like, yeah. what they really want to know is sort of like you say, your 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 dynamism, your dynamism. Mm-hmm. Like, they want to see you giving that either that presentation because it goes the same, I think, for for PowerPoint presentations as well yeah. or keynote presentations. But you know, quickly, I want to go back to one thing you said, uh, Jeff, because you and I have talked about this quite a bit uh, separately and on podcasts and things. It's it's just using the iPad to take handwritten notes and you use good notes. I like good notes. I actually find myself using the notability app a little also bit very more, good which app. I yeah. think, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're both excellent apps and I both highly recommend both of them, but you actually had a post that you linked to from about three or four years ago in, in 2017, where you go in and you do a good job of showing how you take your notes. And the one thing I, I want to zero in on that you just mentioned was the fact that handwriting notes, as good as it is with the iPad, the fact that we can use an Apple pencil, handwrite the note, but here you've got a good picture right here. One of the things you can do in good notes and notability and, and, and variety of other note taking apps is you can circle something that you've written down or sometimes they call it the lasso tool right you can circle that and then you can move it and you alluded to this because i love the fact that i I, i'm still taking handwritten notes but if i like oh you know i need to add another sub subsection to this outline or this this area there instead of like erasing or uh you know having to rewrite it somewhere you can just circle it and it makes like a copy or you can literally move it almost like an object, like you can move an object on a PowerPoint presentation, you know, a slide or something like that. And I, I don't know that people fully grasp that, Jeff, even when you yeah. and I talk about it and we show people that that is so incredibly effective. The only thing I'm sad about is I didn't have this <laughs> when I went to school, undergrad into law <laughs> school, because it would have been so amazingly helpful. And I just I, you know, make sure that my kids know about this today, of course, when they yeah. go to school. And it's not just a feature. For me, that is the feature. Yes, and I say that exactly. because if, I mean, you alluded to being in, in class. If you're in class and you're taking notes, yes, sometimes you might want to go back and add something in. But normally, in, if you're, you know, if I'm in a, a seminar and I'm taking notes, you're just going to take notes in the order that the person is speaking. But when you're right. preparing something for yourself, that's the whole point is that yes. you're going to move things around. Originally, you think I'm going to say this and then this, and then you say, oh, no, I need to say this between this and this. Oh, and then this point here, you know, it really has more to do with the thing I'm going to be talking about later. So you just lasso it and you cut it and right. you paste it somewhere else. Right. And, you know, whether you're cutting just like one specific note or the note and the thing you pasted below it and the thing. And the thing that's nice about these yeah. notes also is, you know, they're so visual. The one that you're showing on the screen is a good example that, you know, as you are working with your notes, if you think visually like I do, you can sort of almost right. imagine where it is on the page and what it looks like and sort of what the colors are and whether you have a box on the right side. And so when right. you're giving a presentation, you can just glance down and your eyes instantly know what you're looking for. So it's like you almost don't even have to read the heading to know that this is the thing that I wanted to quote or cite right here. But it all comes from it being in your own handwriting, using different colors, and then moving things around using the lasso tool. So and that's the reason why in the when you first write things down, it takes a little bit longer to use handwriting. 
I completely right. understand that. But in the right. long run, with moving everything around, you both save time and you have better, more effective notes. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, um, both Notability and GoodNotes now offer this, although GoodNotes was first out of the gate on this. Like, you've got some excellent handwriting, by the way. May, <laughs> may I say so, sir? Uh, but both GoodNotes and Notability will actually now allow you to search your handwriting. Now, I can presume because I like your handwriting here, it's probably going to do a little bit of a better job than some of my chicken scratching or some of the other folks that we know that may not have as quite legible handwriting. But man, it does a pretty good job. I don't know how often that you use that. I don't find myself using it all that much, Jeff, but just knowing that it's there, that I can search for something that I actually hand wrote, a lot of people like that. Uh, it's not 100%, right? Because it's going to depend on your handwriting. And sometimes, you know, a, a, a lowercase l might be translated as a numeral one, you know, that kind of a thing. Sometimes it's not going to be 100%, but it's very good. And both yeah. of them, just amazing to me the iPad can do that today. I use it all the time because I have a separate notebook for each um, case that uh, I'm working on or each okay. project. And so I'll be adding notes. You know, I'll add some notes today. I'll come back next week and add another page. And after six months, a year, a year and a half, I've got, you right. know, dozens of pages, hundreds of, you know, right. tons of notes. And if I just right. want to say, gosh, you know, I know at one point, we talked about this, this, you know, engineer that we might retain, Dr. Smith. Right. I can just right. quickly search for Smith and I'm amazed how quickly it finds it. You said that my handwriting looks good. That's because the one that you're showing on screen was the screenshot that I chose to include okay. where I wrote a little bit more neatly. <laughs> I'm often not, I'm often writing more well quickly. Done. Well done. And it's a little more chicken scratch. Uh, and, and yet good notes still does a pretty good job of reading my handwriting. It's not perfect, but um, you know, so I, if I do a search for Smith, it may find eight of the nine times I wrote it, but that's yes. going to be enough for me to find the pages where I'm talking. Right. About exactly. And, and like you said, it's like, it's like that visual component. And when, and we take the time to handwrite that down, you know, it just, just re reiterating your point there. It just, it helps us like once I can get to the general area where I need to be, that's going to be great as well. So speaking of notes, I think you had one other link to, in today's post, which I thought was great talking about, you know, we're, we're starting to see quite a number of stories <laughs> about uh, folks reviewing the new features coming in iPad OS 15 or iOS 15. And one, there's a few features coming up uh, from the notes app, which I got to tell you, not only did I like these, uh, this, the story that you linked to like the support for tags, but I actually just I think last week, I did download iPad OS 15 on my iPad. And just the fact that I can do a quick note now, I love it. Like I, 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 iOS 15 isn't a huge update. Like it's not, it's not as revolutionary as some of the other ones that we've seen, but I am getting pretty excited about the small things, including this story that you linked to here about the notes app with support for tags. Yeah, Apple's built-in notes app is is a very good app. I mean, it, long ago, we both remember years ago when it was incredibly simplistic and you yeah, had to use yeah. a third-party app, but it is right. very full-featured now and Apple is giving great updates. So now you can have tags so you can associate notes with the, with the topic and then you can find all the notes associated with the topic. I'm going to use yeah. that feature as soon as it's available. And the Definitely. quick notes feature you said, which I, I think you, you take your Apple Pencil and you drag up for a corner and it yeah. instantly... Uh, yeah, so that'll be nice too. And they have notes associated with specific web pages and stuff like that. So the, the notes app just continues to get better and better. That So this is the thing. Uh, you and I have used not only the Apple Notes app, but another one that I, I know a lot of people like, including uh, Davis Sparks, is uh, Drafts, the Drafts app. And the reason that that app appealed to me is because so often, Jeff, I, I just need a quick 
scratch pad, right? Like I've got my phone, like I, I might be out. Like somebody today was, was telling me about, I need to call a, 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 a concrete uh, professional to help out in our driveway. And you know, I didn't have like a pen and a paper in front of me, but I had my phone and I just needed a quick way to quickly write down a name and a phone number. And I would use a variety of different things, but I find more and more, I do go to the notes app either on my phone or today, if I have my iPad, just like exactly like you said in this picture here, you just drag either your finger or the Apple Pencil up from the bottom right corner, and it comes up with this little, literally, I call it a scratch pad. They call it Quick Notes. I think Apple does. But it literally, you can have it either go to a most recent note or you can have it create a brand new note. So it's a little bit flexible in that, but it's just this extra little window that comes up now that you can move around the screen. And again, this is this is not in the current iOS 14. This is coming up in 15. So uh, don't don't upgrade <laughs> your uh, necessary devices yet. We talked about that a week or two ago. But uh, let us experiment with it. And this is on my iPad. I'm very excited about this, and it's just great. You know, we're talking about just generally taking notes and having these these devices to be able to take notes. And the quick note feature is going to be something really fantastic. We'll be talking about that a lot more in the next few months. The drafts app that you mentioned, just to, to finish your thought there, is that yeah. the, one of the selling features of it is as soon as you launch the app, it's instantly on a blank page for you to write something down. So it's right. the fastest way to jot something down. And I downloaded it for that very reason. Having said that, I found that I just went back to the notes app, even though yeah. it did mean I would have yeah. to open the app and, and tap the button for a new note. So it took me just a, a fraction of a second longer to start my note, right. but I just preferred having everything in the one simple app. So although I did purchase drafts to try it out, I found myself going back to notes, but I know many people love drafts. It's a good app. Too. Yeah. And, and drafts will let you do a few other things. Like you can, you know, put it into a WordPress. I mean, there's oh, all it's kinds a very of little, powerful app. Yeah. yeah very yeah. powerful. But like just it, just to underscore the point that we're making, the fact that I just need something very simple. Anyway, I predict you're going to like the Quick Notes aspect on there as well when when you get a chance to upgrade to that. So that's good Can't stuff. Wait. Lots of notes. Okay, another thing that you linked to today, and something I don't think that we've talked about just a whole lot, is uh, this was a story about the upcoming features in CarPlay, Apple CarPlay. <laughs> now I, I'm going to predict, Jeff, that. Like me, you probably have started to use Apple CarPlay quite a bit. And it, it, it's amazing to me. When that first came out, I was kind of like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, I already have like an interface in my car. And, uh, but I got to tell you, I never use the car interface <laughs> anymore. Like as soon as I get in the car, I will plug in my iPhone into the car and my screen will be Apple CarPlay. I, can, I almost I can't even stand the basic in interface that's on cars. And frankly, when I used to rent cars and when we traveled, I hated it. I hated having to like deal with whatever that basic interface is. And I never thought about it before Apple CarPlay, but today if I get in a car and I don't have Apple CarPlay, I am miserable. I completely agree. <laughs> I don't know what Most that says about me, but that's the way it is today. Most of those car interfaces too are, I mean, it's very poor user interface and buttons are hard to use. And the, yeah. the Apple interface and CarPlay just works so much better. I love, like you say, I, I plug in my phone and then CarPlay takes over the interface in my car and that's all I use. I would not even 
think about buying a car nowadays that did not have CarPlay in it. (laughs) Um, And I love it because, I mean, I'm always, when I'm driving around, um, if my kids are with me, we're listening to music. If I'm by myself, I'm listening to a podcast. Um, In fact, just just last night, Brett, I was, uh, I'll give you a plug for something that you might are going to talk about later on, but I was listening to a podcast and my podcast ended. And so the Overcast app, which is what I use to listen to podcasts, just automatically starts playing the next podcast that I had downloaded. I didn't even realize it, but the Overcast app had downloaded the latest episode of your Apps in Law podcast where you were interviewing oh, yeah. Tara Cheever at Lit Software. Yeah. So it's funny because I'm driving around and suddenly I hear Tara's voice and I'm thinking, wait a minute, I think I know that voice. And then I hear your voice. I'm like, what is Brett doing in my car? I didn't even realize that it had downloaded the new episode. So then I'm driving around listening to the new episode, which is very good, by the way. So um, so Thank I love you. it for that. But I also love CarPlay for maps and for, um, yeah. I mean, you know, the driver directions. I mean, just earlier this week, I had to go to the airport and we have a brand new airport in New Orleans. So it's in a different location than it used to be and oh, everything's nice. different. So it was nice to have CarPlay telling me, you know, that you want to be in this lane, not that lane. And yeah. it, was, uh, it was, I mean, I, I use it all the time and I love CarPlay and I love that it gets updated. Unlike the interface built into your exactly. car, which once you buy your car, it's never updated um, yeah. for most people. CarPlay gets new features. So one of them that's that's coming out that you're showing now that I mentioned on iPhone JD this morning is this yes. announced messages feature, which right. I already use on my AirPods. Right. And what it means is norm- right now with CarPlay, if you're driving, you'll get a little ding if you have this turned on saying that you have a new text message, but then you need to either use Siri to say to read it or tap the screen, which I don't like driving. You know, I don't like tapping the screen too much if I'm driving, but with this new feature turned on, you can have it so that when a text comes in, it will just ding and say, you know, read your message, you know, Brett says, don't forget, we have a podcast to record this morning or whatever it is, and it'll just read it. And so that way, as I'm doing my business and driving around, it's just telling me the texts that are coming in. And if I want to respond, great, but sometimes just hearing the text is enough. So it just it just makes it more seamless, which I'm looking forward to using. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, it, It made me think of maybe not even four or five years ago, I remember driving around with a uh, with a good friend and he was all excited to show me the built-in GPS on his car. <laughs> and I remember when that was a thing. I just, exactly, Jeff, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I looked at it and, and, and by that time, uh, I, of course I already had Google maps and Apple maps and I was just thinking, this looks so much worse <laughs> than what I have on my phone. And he was very proud of it and, and it got him to where it goes, but it was just so primitive looking. And the point now to, to what you alluded to is that today when I pull in, car, I, I can't even imagine using a built-in GPS, like gone are those days, even though that was a huge thing when some of that came out. But now I can use not only Google Maps or Apple Maps, or you can see on the screen here, this gentleman, on this great blog, by the way, uh, you can use Waze. You can use a variety of other apps that whatever the developers allow to be available in CarPlay is great. Uh, not to mention the fact you see he's got Spotify on here, which I use. I know you I use Apple Music, but you know instead of taking your eyes off the road to like try to find a specific song or to go in and navigate through songs, now I just invoke she who shall not be named and i just ask her to play a specific song and it comes on like i don't even have to futz with everything you know or album to- or playlist or whatever exactly. it is yeah it's so exactly nice. It's so nice. like just things like that to make it so much more convenient and and so much more effective and now most of all of this that we're talking about is already available in carplay it's just if some of these new features that are coming out like you said the announced messages um I, the driving focus there is a um 
I think it's called Do Not Disturb While Driving, right? That's what it's called now, a much longer name. It's sort of but the opposite driving, of announced messages. Exactly, <laughs> Either you want exactly. more stuff coming your way or you really want to be, right. you know, do not disturb me while I'm driving. <laughs> right, 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 right. So I know that, you know, some of these are, are, are kind of small-ish kind of tweaks and updates that they're making to car maps. That, but this is a great video that you linked to that in, in, this, uh, in this story that it's just, I think, it just kind of emphasizes a little bit more about what CarPlay is doing. And uh, I, I, I think it's great. The only thing is, is at least in my family now we fight over every all all, all four of us have iPhones and so now everybody wants to fight over who gets to plug in their iPhone for yeah. their playlist and whatever because you still do have to physically plug in the phone into the car right yeah. I assume I at some point I know it'll be wireless and Bluetooth but for to take advantage of this they still have to have the physical connection to the phone yeah well they have wireless right. versions of CarPlay but only a few cars have it nowadays but no I know what you're talking right. about whenever my daughter right. gets in the car with me she instantly wants to plug in her iPhone. So we listen to her music, which to be fair, sometimes, you know, it's okay. It, it's, if nothing else, it gives me an education of what the pop music of the day is uh, for yes. my 13 uh, year old yes. daughter. Exactly. All right. So from CarPlay, again, it's almost like we can't go from a week to week without Apple talking about how Apple is maybe becoming a little bit more of a uh, health conscious <laughs> company. And I don't mean that for their own employees, although they know they do a good job for that. But you link to an excellent podcast. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. But this is the vice president of health at Apple. And uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but she goes in talking about some of her past experience. Uh, It's a great podcast. I listened to the whole thing. I I started it and then listened to the whole thing last night. Uh, It's a podcast uh, called Second Life by Hillary Kerr. And she interviews uh, women who have changed their, you know, started one career and and moved to a different career. And so in this particular episode, she's interviewing Sambal Desai, who's the vice president of health at Apple. She has a fascinating backstory, which she describes in the podcast. and, And I won't spoil it, but suffice it to say she was at Disney and then eventually, um, because of some health issues in her family, decided to go um, go to med school and now is in charge of all of this at Apple. So in terms of the health things that wow. your watch can do and that your iPhone can do, you know, she's the one that's pulling it all together and it's very personal for her. I mean, she knows what a difference it can make in people's life. She, uh, she, It's a fascinating story. It's one of those that like I started to listen to the first five minutes. The next thing you know, I had listened to the whole whatever 30-minute podcast. It was great. <laughs> so it's worth listening to. And, you know, another thing that I linked to in today's post is, and I, I link to these all the time because unfortunately they happen all the time. It was <clears throat> another example of somebody whose life was saved with an Apple watch. You know, Incredible. this story Incredible. was somebody in what state was it? Michigan, I think. Michigan, she, yes. She bought her husband an Apple watch for his birthday. And so a few weeks later, he decided to buy one for her, even though he said she wasn't sure she wanted one. And um, and she was just looking at her watch and she noticed that her heart rate was like at 168, yeah. which is really high if you're not working out or anything. That's and she called insane. her husband yeah. and said, you know, I wonder if it means anything. And it turns out that she had had a heart attack and didn't realize it. And it was this, this blockage in her artery that if it had not been fixed immediately, like the second heart attack would have been fatal. So this is just one of these, you know, oh my goodness, she was so happy. But you know, whether it's reports that of people falling down and the Apple Watch can yep. call 911 or people just seeing something about their own health, it's it's really, you know, you don't want to be dire, like, you know, get an Apple Watch or you're going to die, you know. But right, there right. are cases, even if they are isolated, where Apple Watch makes a huge difference in people's life. So, um, and you know, combine this with one of the things that was discussed in that podcast we were just talking about is um, Sambal Desai said that with iOS 15, you can choose to share your health data 
with someone yeah. else, like a family member. Right. So you right. could, for example, if you had a an, an elderly mother or father that had an Apple Watch monitoring their right. health and stuff, um, if they chose to do so and didn't have a privacy problem with it, they could share it with you. And that way you could actually sort of see, you know, how is my mom or dad's heart rate going over time? You know, right. how did they have a fall? You know, stuff like you know, even access medical records if, if you have that turned on. So it's, um, it's optional. I mean, many people don't want to share things for privacy reasons, but just as many people might want to do that with someone that they trust just to have somebody else looking out for them. So I, I, Apple is doing more and more in this field. It's, it's great. I almost feel like it's a justification. (laughs) If people think, Oh my goodness, why would you pay that much for a a watch? It ain't just a watch (laughs) to me, the Apple watch, you and I have talked about this. It's so much more from, you know, obviously it can tell you time, but I get my messages here. I get my weather on here. I get access to so much information. You can even download. I know uh, Spotify, you know, will let you download music or overcast. You can put podcast on there. So if I'm out mowing the yard, I don't even have to have my iPhone with me. Do that I all the time. So much yeah. that it can do. And the fact that today, I mean, Apple knows, I think that this is more of a health monitoring <laughs> device just because they're kind of doubling down on some of this. In fact, I, uh, this is something I know a lot of people, I, I don't know if they, they know about it too much, but it was um, not too long, I, I think just a couple of years ago, that you could actually take an ECG on the Apple Watch. Now, there's all kinds of you know fine print on here. This isn't something that you should you should do and trust. Go and see your health yeah, professional. It's not as good as the one you get at the hospital, but it's better than nothing. Of course. But this is, I, I just found this fascinating. Like, it literally, you can put your finger on the little digital crown once you open this ECG app, and it will take an ECG. Now, again, this is something that, just like what you were talking about, you can add to your your health profile as you would. Uh, you can you use this to go and talk to your doctor about this. It's just amazing. And one of the things I found this, I think it's at the bottom here or maybe it's on a, another aspect, is that it is literally looking at underneath. There are sensors underneath. Uh, I have to find this link on, on here, but it's, it's like under, it, it's some kind of a reflection of your blood under your skin, whether it's yeah. green or red. I mean, yeah, stuff sending that infrared light or something beyond. like that to bounce yeah, up. It's the way, way that it works my is fascinating. But, um, it, it, but yeah. it, it is fascinating. Yeah. I, by the way, I always call these EKG in the past, but who knows? I think that's the, the K is the German <laughs> term, but ECG, EKG, whatever you call it, you can do it on a watch. It, it really is just just amazing what, the, what they're doing on this. And this story was fascinating. You can see this lady's talking about it. And what I also found interesting on here as well is that it, just like a lot of these things, unfortunately, it just started with the pain. She talked about pain in her neck and her shoulder. And, you know, some people were saying, oh, maybe you just have some acid reflux as well. But no, she had the Apple Watch that was telling her exactly what you were saying. It's an extremely abnormal beats per second and my wife by the way she has an apple watch she checks this all the time she's got history of some heart issues in her family and i just i love having that additional comfort not that it's a complete confidence but a little bit of extra comfort to know that she's watching that monitoring that so the apple watch will tell her if something abnormal and so this lady that we're talking about here from michigan she had this apple watch she was like no something is not right like this is not just heartburn (laughs) this is something a little bit more serious and i want to make sure we get this taken care of and that's just great she attributes that to the apple watch yeah and what's nice is that you can buy like a a, a dedicated monitor that does the same thing but who wants to walk around with all i mean this is just built into the watch that you were going to wear anyway. Exactly. So, you know, this is one of those examples where because it's convenient, 
it's then it's there. It's like what people say that, you know, the iPhone camera may not be the same as some SLR camera that's fancy that costs $1,500, but it's the one that's with you all the time. And so it's going to capture the picture, whereas your big camera is not with you. So just being there with you and easily accessible makes things so much more useful. And I'm excited about the fact we say this quite a bit because Apple knows how important this is. It's just going to continue to get better. And I think that's uh, that's that's really exciting uh, on there as as well. Uh, okay, so you already mentioned this, but I just I just wanted to double down on this. It's a little bit of a, of a shameless plug, but I think it's something that so many people are going to be interested in. I recorded this podcast on my Apps and Law website uh, with Tara Cheever, co-founder of Lit Software, which has Trial Pad, Transcript Pad, Exhibits Pad. Now is the new is the new app on there, and this is a little bit of a longer podcast. But Jeff, you know, a lot of people have asked this question recently, just a, a few months ago. Lit Software went to a subscription service, right? You wrote about this. You did some great posts on iPhone JD about this. But I pushed Tara a little bit on this because I know a lot of people have been asking, like, why are we going to a subscription model? And she does an excellent job of explaining why, what the necessity, just like Microsoft and Adobe and a lot of other places are doing this. So I just wanted to encourage folks, if you wanted to know, Tara's fantastic too. You and I both have known Tara for oh, many she's years. Fantastic, yeah. she's, she's just a lot of fun to talk to. And she's got a lot of good stories, uh, actually war stories about trials and supporting attorneys on there as well. So just wanted to point that out for folks uh, to, to go and, uh, and, and check out as well, if that's something that's uh, interesting uh, for everyone. And then, okay, so let's do some in the know. Let's talk about a couple of tips. And I think we're going to focus a little bit on some keynote tips, Jeff, which I was excited to see that you, in fact, do you want to go first? Because I love your tip a little bit more about sure. uh, how this kind of a, a workflow with doing a presentation, I think a PowerPoint keynote. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. please. My I point was great. this, you know, Keynote is a great app on the iPad. It's also on the Mac and it's also on the iPhone. I right. like using it on the iPad because for me, the best presentations, if you're going to use slides, people talk about a PowerPoint presentation using PowerPoint generically, like we would use the word Kleenex generically. Um, if you're going to create <laughs> you know, slides for a presentation, I strongly encourage you to use as few words as possible and the most graphics and images as possible because it makes yeah. it more engaging. When you fill up your slides with words, people end up reading the words on your, sli on your slides, squinting to read the words, and they don't pay attention to you, what you're saying. Use, let's say, like a title on your slide and some bullet points if you need it, but better yet, some pictures. And this is where Keynote shines. PowerPoint's fine if you just want to type some words on a slide. Right. But for Keynote, if it's, it's much easier to put pictures in. It has some cool advanced features like the Instant Alpha, which you can take a yeah. picture that you have and you it's can remove tool. the outline, the, the border of it so that you just have the object and that way you can put that object around your slide. Microsoft has a similar feature called Remove Background, but it doesn't work nearly as well Not the in same. my experiences exactly. as Instant Alpha. So um, Keynote is great for creating presentations. And if you're going to give the presentation yourself, well, then just use your iPad and give the presentation. And, and again, I, I love the iPad because it's tangible. I'm using my finger to yeah. move things around the slide or, or right. you know, I'm, I'm, I, it's hands-on as opposed to, you know, using a mouse or something. So you can get it just right. But sometimes, oftentimes, I give presentations with other people. And right. unless they happen to be iPad users, you know, often they're just, you know, they use boring PCs and they use boring PowerPoint. But my, the, what I wanted to emphasize as my tip today is <laughs> don't give up Keynote just because you're going to be giving a co-presentation. I did one just a few weeks ago with somebody where I did, I created the slides in Keynote and then 
during the, the drafting process, I could export to PowerPoint so he could see them or, right. or maybe export to PDF so he could just see how they would look. Um, right. And then when I'm done with the, my slides in Keynote, as sort of a last step, you can export to PowerPoint. And when you bring in PowerPoint, you know, you are moving from one program to another. So you need to double check your slides just to make sure that nothing got moved around. But 95% of the stuff was perfect, just as is. I tweaked a right. couple things that didn't look the right. same in PowerPoint as they did in Keynote, and then I'm done. And um, so I've used a better tool for putting together my slides, even though ultimately we're using PowerPoint on a, on a boring PC to present them. And, um, and also, you know, just as a, as a silly little bonus, when you use PowerPoint, people tend to use the built-in templates and we all know what those templates yeah, are. We've seen right. them a million times. Whereas at least the keynote <laughs> templates, people don't use keynote as often. So you're more yeah. likely to have a template that people are like, oh, that's, that's an interesting people one. I haven't seen that one before. People sit up and take notice. Exactly. So my, my tip, my, my tip is number one, use keynote. And number two, don't, you know, even if your final product's going to be in PowerPoint, it's okay to start in keynote. Right. Right. And, and by the way, uh, most people probably know this. There is a PowerPoint app available for the iPad and it is pretty good, but it just doesn't compare with, I think the functionality, the usability, exactly what you were saying, Jeff, it just, it's so much tangible within keynote. And I, I, I love it. I, it, that instant alpha tool, uh, which if most mm -hmm. people don't know, like I will even use Keynote as a way to edit my photos sometimes because that tool is so good, whether I'm on the iPad or on my Mac, I will use the instant alpha to like take out a background and then I'll copy that picture into something else that maybe I'm working on. It is that good and it's just amazing to be able to use that. It, I guess obviously Keynote is an Apple product, so maybe by default, it does work a little bit easier on the iPad. I'm not sure because the PowerPoint app is pretty good too. But, yeah, just but it doesn't, it doesn't have, have all the features of the desktop app. No, and, it doesn't. Um, I mean, for example, the remove background feature, which does, I don't think that even exists in the iPad I don't, app. Not on I, the I iPad. I couldn't no. find it. So um, Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's great. Okay, so not to get too far away from the presentation motif, as it were, here's another tip that I love as well, it, especially if I'm using a Mac to give a presentation because this works with the Mac, instead of using, you know, we all know those clickers for a, a remote presentation. I like to walk around on stage. I don't want to stand behind a lectern or a podium many times. But if I have my Mac connected to the projector and I'm giving a presentation that way, I will actually use my iPhone as my presentation remote. So I have Keynote, a presentation in Keynote on my Mac, and then I open the Keynote app on my iPhone. Or I can't even do it on my iPad, but the iPhone is a lot of smaller to hold in my hand. And I can forward, advance, or 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 get, jump back to different slides on my iPhone, and I can see the next slide coming up. I love that because Jeff, in the old days, I used to print out my presentation and carry, you know, flop around with a bunch of paper, walking around on stage. But I love being able to use this as my remote. Not to mention the fact that on my iPhone, I can do the slide navigator, just slide my finger from the from the left side, and I can scroll up and down and jump to whatever slide that I want to pull up at that time. Nobody sees anything different on the projector or the screen. Inevitably, every single time that I use this, Jeff, whether I'm presenting in front of a, of a firm or you know in front of a huge audience of CLE or something, people will say, how did you do that? <laughs> that was just amazing. And it really is easy to set up. Now this only works with Keynote on a Mac with an iPhone. They have to both be on the same network, but it's pretty amazing and seamless on, on how it works uh, on there. Sometimes I'll even do it 
uh, frankly, even on a Zoom meeting. Today, you know, I'm not doing live uh, meetings, but I'll have the keynote presentation on my laptop and I'll li literally stand back from the laptop and I'll control the presentation on my iPhone. So it just gives you a little bit more flexibility, but a lot more confidence because I can see what the next slide is. So I don't have any gaps and I don't try to read the slide, that kind of a thing. Uh, really, I really, really cool played with this, there. but it sounds like listening to you describe it, I can see how useful it is. It, it only works if you're presenting from your Mac, not if you're presenting from your iPad, is that right? You can do it from your iPad. You can, because I, I haven't tried, because I always use my iPad yeah. when I give presentations. Right. I may have to try this out. You know, the one th feature oh, I good. have used in the past is, um, <laughs> in addition to using your iPhone as your remote, you can actually use your Apple Watch as your remote. I don't know if you've tried that. It works with Keynote, and so that you can actually, like, yes. tap a button on your Apple Watch to advance to the next slide. I yeah. it, this is not my tip of the day. It is my anti tip of the day because the it's been a while since I've tried it to be honest. But the last time I did try it, it, it lost its connection after a couple of slides. But yeah. I did start out my first few slides of the presentation, advancing them with my watch. And uh, some people did say afterwards, That's cool. "You were using your watch to change slides." I'm like, "Oh yeah, That's yeah, cool. yeah." Little did I tell them that it stopped working after about five ten minutes. But um, yeah, yeah, the function I, is I there. Have, Maybe it works better today yeah. than it used to. But I have I would trust tried the iPhone that more. <laughs> I just I I got to tell you, for me. The iPhone, the screen on the iPhone is like the perfect size because I can see the current slide that I'm on. Of course, I can see it on the screen as well, but I see the next slide coming that's up. That's the key. And that's the key. Exactly. To, to be Jeff, seamless the, in your presentation. Exactly. And hopefully you know your slides well enough that you know what's next anyway. But exactly. I completely agree. When, when I present from my iPad, you know, on my iPad, I have the presentation view. So I can see on the left, the current slide and the right, the next slide. But, you know, that's just yeah. such a, a key part for giving presentations is knowing what's coming next so you can have a good transition into what's coming next. Now, so by the I way, have, that's I have a, to look at yeah. this. I'm glad that you shared this tip today. Oh, good. Like, I feel good. like I'm your audience on this one. I got to try this one out. <laughs> well, I would just say quickly, we I like using to see the next slide coming up. But by the way, if you're one that uses like presenter notes, you can have that as the view as well. So in cool. other words, you, you can just glance down and, you know, cut, hopefully it's just a couple of bullet points that you're looking at. But the point is, is that don't read the slides like you can have that in your hand and be able to advance and jump to whatever slide that you have on that as well. All right. You got to report back and see if it works. <laughs> we'll do. This. <laughs> this is good stuff. Jeff, always fun talking with you. Thanks again for being here and see you next week. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.